It's Women's History Month. This entire month of March is ours, ladies. So let's get information. From WVEZ Chicago, this is When Magic Happens. I'm Cheryl Jackson here with Jennifer Shayla Bowers and Taylor Coward. We're celebrating Women's History Month because if anybody thought the party was over in February, you thought wrong. Who runs the world? Girls. All that and more after the break. So y'all, we just came out of Black History Month. Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times, you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so, no one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based. So you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown. And we're entering into Women's History Month. So uh, so we're checking in. I'm checking in. How's everybody feeling? You know, this is, I feel like March, Women's History Month, is a continuation of Black History Month, but with the spotlight on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I read. Okay, Women's History Month. How are you all feeling about it? Do we honor this time? Do we celebrate? I mean, do you feel like this is like the Super Bowl of being a woman the month of March? Hear me roar kind of thing? What do y'all think about March? For me, Women's History Month is kind of new to my rotation. I think I'm a new Women's History Month celebrator. It's something I found I out that. about recently. <laughs> Are you serious? Just thought about it recently. I'd be honest, when I was your age, it wasn't even a thing on my radar screen. But I don't know, maybe it was not a thing, period. You know, certainly celebrating women who are making history, it, it was a thing. But in terms of a month dedicated to Women's History Month, I, it just wasn't in my consciousness at the time. I don't know. It's, I'd be curious. What about you, Jennifer? I would say not so much. I mean, honestly, I think more probably about Black History Month than Women's History Month um, and probably celebrate and do activities and go to events and things that are centered around Black History Month. So I think I'm with Taylor. This is this is kind of new for me. You know, like I think I um, I'd probably say within the last couple of years, have I really been engaged in things that are connected to Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. Like you, Jennifer, I, you made an interesting comment just now that you've, you know, more in tuned with Black History Month than Women's History Month. And I remember when it, when, when I became more connected to Women's History Month or just women empowerment in general, it was when I took the role of CEO of the Chicago Urban League and I became the first woman in, at that time, their 93 year history. And there've been women uh, CEOs after me, but I was the first woman. Up until then, I really lived with my, you know, I was more connected to my race, being very aware, my consciousness was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I had more of a connection around that until I broke a glass ceiling. It was a great experience. Let me just say that about Chicago Urban League. It was, it was 
and it still is, I think, one of my most favorite experiences. Um, but breaking that glass ceiling, uh, I, I never had that. People coming for me because I'm a woman until I broke that glass ceiling. Um, and, and then when I ran for U.S. Senate, that's when my gender was way in the spotlight. I was the only woman and the only African-American candidate running in that U.S. Senate race back in 2000 and, uh, 2010. And that's when I, my consciousness just became so raised um, that my gender was an issue for everybody, not just men, but women too. Um, that's when I began to lean in more to women empowerment and to feminism um, and the feminist movement. I, I wasn't as connected to the feminist movement at all, I have to be honest, until I began to experience, you know, a very, the intersectionality of being Black and a woman. And that's what February 28th slash 29 and March 1st is that intersection of the two, which is an interesting conversation for us to have. Um, the feminist movement or feminism and black women. So I'm seeing a couple things here that in 1980, President Jimmy Carter issued the first presidential proclamation for Women's History Week. So it seems like just like all the months, it started with a week. And it looks like since the mid-90s, each president has issued annual proclamations designating the month of March as Women's History Month. So just the mid-90s is when it became a thing. I don't, let's see, I don't know when the idea first came about, but it Mm -hmm. became kind of normalized by 95. Yeah, it's first. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do y'all like so, do you have specific things that you do during this month like what what do y'all even do like I, I need to get into celebrating it so tell me some things to do so I attend events I host my own events um I do generally I have several speaking um engagements in the month of March so it's like it's my Super Bowl okay March okay (laughs) it is my Super Bowl but um what about you Jennifer I honestly haven't celebrated it in any significant way if I'm I mean if I'm just being completely transparent Mm -hmm. I guess you know maybe the thing that I think about during the month is just really women that inspire me, you know, women that I feel kind of connected to just based on like their experience. Like, for example, I don't know why, but like, I've been thinking a lot about Tina Turner, you know, and just how she really, she created her own path and she created a space for um, one, you know, people to women in particular, but black women in particular, to explore a different genre of music that is atypical, that people don't see her or see other artists being engaged in. And so I think I'm more reflective during the month. You know, I'm, I think I'm more just kind of thinking about other people that, that inspire me. You know, Taraji Henson, P. Henson, came out uh, last, last month mm-hmm. and she talked about how the, the struggle 
of what it means to be a black woman in Hollywood. And it really lit a conversation that I haven't seen before about, you know, you know, she listed the history of black women in Hollywood and entertainment and what the struggle is and, you know, having their worth and that value acknowledged and the pay equity issue. I, 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 did you guys see any of that conversation? Were you part of any of that? Um, oh, yeah. 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 And, yeah. you know, it was interesting. And I just, you know, uh, on, um, uh, I think it was, it was uh, the comedian, uh, Monique. Um, she was the first one, you know, that sort of years ago said it. And she received a lot of backlash for it. And so now she's come out with her conversation. One, she loves Taraji P. Henson and her heart goes out to her. And um, and so they asked her, like, why, when you raised this issue some time ago, um, you got this backlash and why is it different now? And I think it's, you know, raised consciousness is one, but she talked about, you know, the messenger, you know, people weren't willing to hear it from her. And so that sparked a different kind of conversation about Black women you know, uh, uplifting each other. And Mm -hmm. so for me, Women's History Month is, yes, it's always a great time to, you know, highlight and celebrate our queens that have just been blazing the path, you know, been blowing it up. Um, um, Those in recent history and those in in further history, you know, further back in history. But for me, it's a time of action. Like, what can we do now to, you know, advance the interest of women? And specifically for me, Black women, I'm looking with my consumer dollars to uplift uh, uplift women. So I'd like to see it when they're, um, when, when we're on a, women are using their platforms, mm-hmm. you know, to uplift women. But sometimes those platforms, it gets ugly and divisive. So what did, what does it look like not to uplift women? You know, thinking, just even thinking about professionally, you know, how Mm -hmm. you can have these experiences where, you know, you would imagine because there are so few of you that there would be some level of support and camaraderie, but actually that that tends to be um, sometimes the opposite, you know, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, whether it be kind of this mentality of like lack, like, ooh, if she gets it, I won't, you know, yes, rather yes. than, ooh, you know, this is her strength and this is my strength. What if we put our superpowers together, mm-hmm. you know, thinking a little bit differently about it. So have you so, ever experienced that? Have you had that happen to you? Oh yeah, absolutely. It saddens me that people are so consumed by their ego that they can't just dig in in a different way, support Mm -hmm. in a different way. It doesn't always mean that you're going to be in the limelight and that's okay too. You know what I mean? Was it particularly hurtful that it was at the hands of another woman? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and that it was at the hands of another woman or women who one weren't engaged before, right? Mm -hmm. Had no, Mm -hmm. you know, suddenly this, this thing's getting big. Right. Now what we going to do? Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. And it was very disheartening. I will say that was probably, it was a stressful time because it was like, 
unnecessary stress. And I also mm-hmm. didn't even really understand. I mean, I understand what, where it was coming from, but I don't necessarily understand what jealousy makes you do or insecurity makes you do, mm-hmm. you know? And so or I like what your reference to lack, you know, like it's oh, the, yeah. there's only room enough for one person to shine or one person, right. uh, one, one woman on this, right. on this to shine. I think, I think there's a lot of truth in that. How do we, I, I feel like that is such a issue across generations for women in the workplace in interpersonal relationships. What are, let's brainstorm. What do we think are ways to work through this dilemma of scarcity mindset and there can only be one head honcho? And it's and like you said, you weren't doing what you were doing out of a place of gravitas. You were just like, I'm I'm getting work done. And a lot of people don't look at things that way. So, um, yeah. What what do you think needs to be done for people to not feel like there can only be one Jennifer type figure in a space or one Cheryl or one Taylor. Can I, I do want to say this though, because I think there's truth to this. I think, I I think about just even observing my teenage girl and the kind of interaction that she has with other girls, you know, it is, it is more sort of emotion based and like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it is, the way we socialize is different than maybe the way that men socialize with each other. Right. So these Mm -hmm. kinds of things, you know, would likely not be an issue for them. You know, they, they go out on basketball court and they resolve their issue, you know, and it just seems like there's this unsaid competition is what I feel and hear. And what can we do to make that not be there? But I think first we have to dig into why it's there in order to, reverse it basically so Mm -hmm. yeah what are your thoughts on that why it's there is um there's data around this so there was um a a study done on women leaders and women on boards this study's focused rather on women who served and worked on boards and it, it basically said this when there's uh one woman um in the room the pressure is to assimilate and emulate Mm. what men do. When there are two women in the room, then there's competition. The the women compete with one another to be the, the, the one that's selected, the one that the men accept and work with. So it's competition. And the study says it takes three or more women being present uh, where they, women can feel comfortable enough to one, be themselves, bring their full selves to the table and, um, and support one another versus be competitive with each other. So that's like a real study and real data. So I think it's important when we have these experiences, these kind of toxic experiences um, as women, you know, and, and, and let's talk specifically about with other women, you know, when there's that, that competitive, that competition, um, it's really, 
anything important on how we decide to respond to that. Now you can either pull back and say, you know, <laughs> I'm out, you know, let me go do my own thing and, you know, whatever, or to lean in and try and be the change that we know we all need. It's interesting because sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so, no one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that and it's Chicago based. So you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown. Now, one of my takeaways from my experience was that it's more about being aware of good people, right? Women, men, black, white, you know, it's, it's about identifying people who really have a good character because the the reality is even if it's three women in the room and and this was this was a group of women right <laughs> you know sometimes it becomes a situation of groupthink right mm-hmm. and their behavior and the way that they respond and and react to certain things is based on maybe the leader of that group and thinking that way but not actually believing that you know and so i think for me it is more about like identifying good women with good character who have, you know, sort of a philosophy on abundance versus lack, who are secure with themselves, who understand what it means to like have a strength in this area and be very comfortable and confident with the fact that, hey, I'm good at this thing, but I um, am vulnerable and not so good at this thing. And I'm okay with you you thriving in that area, you know? And so that, that was kind of my takeaway that like, you know, I, I think I'm more reflective and selective about who, who I engage with, you know, and how I engage with them. And what are the Gen Z girls doing, Taylor? Well, how, how are they <clears throat> navigating this space? Well, that's why I asked <laughs> because <laughs> I, uh, I get it from everywhere. I get it from my, I get it maybe the least from my own age group, but I get it a lot definitely from the age groups above me of not necessarily always being uplifting. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's tough to navigate because, of course, you don't want to forget the people who have been very um, uplifting and supportive but you could just question why there are even naysayers and why there are even people who should be peers or mentors attacking you. Because, Cheryl, you talked a lot about how the method that you use now is to just fight the energy with love instead. But I feel like there aren't people I, I feel like there aren't people that are ready to accept that. And so I'm wondering, like. In those times where you are getting pushback from someone that you think should be uplifting you, what do you do? Cut them. Sorry, go ahead. Period. (laughs) I'm serious, but just kidding. 
Um, you know, you have to um, go and either find spaces or create spaces um, where you can thrive, mm-hmm. you know, where you can be around like-minded women, not women who are like you, but like-minded in terms of uplifting and supporting one another. And so my response to the hateration, okay, of, of that moment, I I couldn't do it in that space with those women. Mm-hmm. So I went and found a new space. And not only did I find a, a different space, I created a space because I didn't have it there. I was the uh, working in a a a a male white male dominated culture. I literally was the only black woman, so I had to go and find it, and then also create it. And I decided to create what I wanted to see among women uh, in my space. Essentially, you're trying to heal the thing and fix the thing that you wish were fixed for yourself. Well, um, um, I don't, that's how I solve it. That's how I approach it. I don't know if you remember this, but at our launch party, I think someone asked, you know, what do you want out of this show? And I said that I would hope that people in my generation can hear what a conversation can be like among different generations of black women and mm-hmm. hopefully go out and do that in the real world. Because it's it's something that's not happening. And I don't want to say it's not happening. It's something that I do not see happening frequently. Where all generations of black women or varied generations of black women can sit and have conversations and have um, an equal playing field. Mm-hmm. And have all levels of access available and can feel comfortable. And so... Yeah, that that was a big goal of mine personally for this show of like normalizing conversations like this in our different phases of life because it is important to do, but I know that it's intimidating to do because you don't always get the best reception from other generations. And I think you're absolutely right. Let me just say, let me affirm you in that, Taylor, that you're not crazy. You're not imagining it. You're not being overly sensitive. There are older women who are not supportive of younger women because they're maybe jealous or bitter or hurt or hurt. Or or feel all of those things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they hug from a man. Okay. Yeah. Cut her mic. You know? They don't have the opportunities they, that they perceive that you have. And so they're coming from this place of lack, Jennifer, like you've mentioned in your right. comment. You know, there are two, they say there are two, um, Gary uh, Schwartz, who wrote the book, um, The Seat of the Soul, that there are two emotions that drive human nature. Only everything boils down to two things. Either you're acting out of love or you're acting out of fear. And you see a lot of fearful people running around. And I have seen, I've seen that um, women of my generation picking apart. My, my, my niece, I just had lunch with her and she was telling me, she was a new teacher, it's her first year into teaching. And this seasoned veteran teacher 
came in and she, my, my niece had a different sort of approach to um, her curriculum teaching this, you know, kindergartners. And this veteran teacher came in and just ripped her apart. Mm. She bullied her. And so you're not imagining that. That is real. No, I, I didn't think I was, but it is. <laughs> right. it is a, it, I do appreciate you affirming that. And like Jennifer said so eloquently, all of the above. <laughs> like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it is all of the above. And, and it hurts to know that someone is treating you a certain way out of a place of hurt and having to just eat it and understand. And so that's why I think this direction that we took in this conversation is good because we shouldn't have to eat it anymore. We need to like find resolutions to these issues. Cause like, it's hard to find an in-between. Like I either meet people from different generations that are going to be my biggest supporter and really like teaching me things and passing down information or you're actively working against me. And Fortunately, I haven't recently encountered the latter where I feel like people are actively working against me. But when I entered the workplace, it was all that I encountered. And so if there is a young lady working where you two work, be like, hey, girl, you want to grab some coffee? Hey, girl, you want to grab a sandwich? I feel like that will make like all the difference in the world and like bridge the gap that I was talking about and what we do on this show if we could take that outside and like spread it into the world I feel like that is going to help that competition that unspoken competition and it's going to help the things that we talked about and so if our listeners and us can just ponder on action items to bridge the gaps between women and bridge the gaps between our generations then I think we're doing something worthwhile (laughs) I I also add an action item is to actively seek opportunities and organizations to plug into. Um, because Taylor, on, on my end, as the older, you know, sort of mentor, sponsor person, so I have, and a lot of women at this my age, you have so many people coming to you. And so we're grabbing as many women as we can to have coffees and lunches with. But there are organizations, there are groups like Chicago Executive Club of the, um, the Executive Club of Chicago, CEO is Margaret um, Mueller. There is a women's group inside of that organization just for women uh, and for young women. And so it's set up, it's programmed, it's structured to support and help women deal with not only the issues, but to network and be a part of um, be a part of, of other women and resources that affirm you. So I think it's do both. My my action item would be, um, and this is this is okay. This is funny, but this is real, okay. right? I think people have trauma, you know, and they should, they should seek therapy. Like, you know, maybe say it one yes. more time for the people in the back. <laughs> yes. I mean, and that's real. And it could be, you know, an experience they had, it could be a work experience they had. It could be um, maybe even an experience they had with their mom, their aunts. I don't know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, to me, it's an opportunity to, 
to to reflect on your own behavior and your own thinking about how you do or do not support women, yes. right? And just being transparent and honest about that. Yes. And if you have issue with it, you know, maybe um, really investing the time and, and having someone who can support you through that. You are no better than the person who hurt you by coming to hurt me, you know? And that's just perpetuating the cycle, which is something you learn about in therapy. So thank you. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. And so, and here's the thing is, while we cannot make other people go to therapy, we ourselves can go to therapy. And particularly for Black women who are in really, you know, that, like I said, that intersection of race and gender, of racism and sexism, that you need a therapist as a, a resource. It's just should be something that's automatically in your uh, in your your toolbox. That's another practical thing is you know get a get a coach and a therapist. So to, particularly if you you know are rising the ranks and you just need an outside resource to help you think through things and and find ways to be centered. That's a wrap for today's episode. If you liked what you heard, subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and tune in every Friday for your dose of When Magic Happens. And follow us on Instagram at When Magic Happens Podcast. You can find me, Cheryl Jackson, on social media at Cheryl Jackson. That's Cheryl with an E. You can find me, Taylor Coward, on Instagram at Taylor Coward Online. And you can find me, Jennifer Shaylove Bowers, on Instagram at Being Shaylove. When Magic Happens is a production of WBEZ Chicago and part of the NPR Podcast Network. Our truly magical producer is Brianna Garrett. Brendan Benazak is our executive producer. Tracy Brown is chief content officer and engineering by Maria Lopez. See y'all next week. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.